You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast, where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Ricky is a fitness industry expert, having been helping people achieve their fitness goals since 2002. We talk everything fitness, business, and group exercise to help you on your fitness journey. Lisa McDonald, a.k.a. Lisa Hendo Henderson, onto the podcast again, second or third time on the podcast. This time she's chatting all about the 200 kilometers she is running during the month of March 2021, all in aid of breast cancer now. And this has all been, the idea has been born through support for her mum, who um, is going through breast cancer recovery as you're going to hear a lot about uh, that. Um, So we dive into how women can detect breast cancer, what breast cancer actually is, the different types and what any sort of appointments and monogram scans would look like from first-hand experience. So hope you enjoy this podcast, really really important one and please check out the links and notes for how you can support Lisa even if you just wanted to go on and follow Lisa, give her some love uh, share some of the content she's doing you know at some point we will all be touched by cancer in our lives whether it's ourselves or somebody else um, so I'm really really happy to be talking about this subject for the first time in great detail on this podcast and I'm really really happy to hear how Lisa's doing both in her physical challenge but more so hear how her mum is doing on her journey of recovery um, so yeah, enjoy this episode. Check out the links in the show notes. Um, check out the Rick and Long podcast uh, on my website, rickandlong.com forward slash podcast. The Ricky Long podcast is free and always will be free. What you can do is you can choose to become part of our podcast supporters club and community. All the income raised from here will be reinvested directly back into the podcast. That reinvestment will look like uh, more time being spent on the edits. It'll look like better quality guests coming on. It might be better mics. It might be at such time when you know the world reopens again, or you know we're in studios recording these podcasts in person. As a podcast supporter, you will have direct input on podcast subject and guests. You will have exclusive early access to all episodes, and you will officially be supporting local business so you'll get early access to all episodes most episodes are going to go out either on a friday and a monday and what i will do with the uh, video part of the episode is that will be put in our podcast supporters club and the podcast supporters club it kind of looks a bit like a facebook group a lot of influence uh, and podcasters will use a platform called patreon i don't look at patreon i've decided not to use patreon i'm going to put it all through my website it gives me a little bit more um, freedom and flexibility on how i want it to work um, like I said, you will uh, officially be supporting local business. I'm a member of three people's Patreons, um, which, uh, as I've already said, is similar to what I'm creating myself on my own, um, where I voluntarily pay to listen to their content, um, to your Northern Ireland local comedians, um, and the other one is a fitness uh, creator. Um, and like I said, you can you can choose how much you want to pay. I have a little bit of freedom and play on how you can choose to support so you can be a fan you can be a supporter you can be a super supporter you can be a partner and sponsor and there's different 
things you get in each one of those. It starts from as little as £4 a month and it can go as high as £100 a month. That would be if you want to be a podcast sponsor um, and perhaps do a feature episode about one of the products you wish to um, talk about on our podcast. And there's even an option if you don't fancy doing a monthly payment, you can just donate. There's a link for my PayPal on the podcast supporters page. By the way, on the podcast supporters page, I have completely revamped the page, so I'd love you to go and check that out. There's lots of free value and content on there. I'm going to put videos on there. There's links to the most popular episodes as well, as well as a video of the actual conversation that Rachel Newsham and I had when we recorded our podcast, I want to say August of 2020. Um, that's the date's not important, it's just uh, it was definitely 2020. Um, so yeah, please go and check that page out. If you want to become a podcast supporter, you're going to get early access to all podcasts, you become part of the community. Um, if you become, if you go look at the super supporter one, you can even get a coaching plan from, from me and you will get mentioned on the podcast and I will direct people towards your social media and whatever it is you are trying to help people with. That is the Podcast Supporters Club. That is the first official plug. I would love to expand the Podcast Supporters Club. The ideas I have moving forward is once a certain amount of people in it, it allows me to dedicate more time and give more value. So the Podcast Supporters Club will be getting exclusive podcasts and videos. I would like to be doing that at least once, hopefully twice a week. Ideally, I'd love to do like a Podcast Supporters Club only podcast and uh, like a Zoom video call where we just get all the supporters on the Zoom video call and just have a little bit of crack and banter once or twice a week. That's the plans. I can only do it if you actually want to support the podcast. So maybe you don't like my podcast, which would be weird because you're listening to this right now. But you get what I'm saying. The link is regularlong.com forward slash podcast. It's going to be in the bio and link of all future podcasts. to the Ricky Long Podcast. Lisa McDonald, back on the podcast for the second or third time. So happy to have you on. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Have you ran today? I haven't ran yet, no. Are you an afternoon or a morning runner? Um, I do run in the morning, but I definitely run better in the afternoon. I'm not like yeah. one of these people that can get up early and just be like, right, going for a run and I'll run really well. Um, I have to have food, mm. lots of food and some sort of caffeine before I run. And then I seem to run faster. Uh-huh. Um, See, I'm, I'm the opposite. If I can get up and just get a little bit of moisture in my body, I can, I can just go out and run straight away. Yeah. The longer I leave it between getting up and training, the harder training actually is. I'm going to just go into this like real bastardized sense of myself. It's like, oh, shoot, you, you could have trained. You could have been finished by now, Ricky. You could have been finished by now. Have yeah. a hangout over me. I have tried. Like, obviously, I've been running all month. So I have tried different times of the day. Um, mm. But sort of middle of the afternoon works best yeah. for me. Although I got, I ran my fastest 5K on Saturday. And that was in the morning. But I had had my breakfast and stuff. So Weather was good on Saturday morning. There was no wind. Yeah. Which always makes a difference. Um, right, so you have been doing loads of running. You I know, have. What, what have you been doing? Tell the listeners. I do have you on for a specific reason, um, but I'll let you share the reasons why. 
what yeah, have so you been doing? I decided to do, uh, well, it actually started as 100K in March. Mm-hmm. And the reason I decided to do that was because I was doing it for a, a charity called Breast Cancer Now. And at the end of 2020, my mum got diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, and it was obviously the more I read about breast cancer, the more I spoke to people about breast cancer, um, the more I realised how common it is and how many families have been through breast cancer, how many women have been through breast cancer. And I just thought it was a really good way to raise awareness, first and foremost, raise awareness about checking your boobs, um, going for your mammogram, um, but also raising money for for an amazing charity because obviously you know charities are kind of struggling at the minute with with covid because they've not been able to fundraise the same way that they would in previous years um and also it was a little bit of a challenge for me i, I used to be a runner um years and years ago i used to run i used to do 10ks half marathons um and it kind of got put in the back burner when i started teaching so for me it was a sort of personal goal as well so um, I kind of got to the 100k mark and then it was like, like two weeks into March and I was thinking oh I'm I'm done like I'm always done so I thought I initially had thought oh, if I can raise a thousand pounds that would be amazing um, and then I got over the thousand pound mark and I thought do you know what if I can reach two thousand pounds then I'll double the distance that I run as well so I decided then I would run 200 mm. um, and last week was like some of the runs I did were just so tough. My mum said to me, she said, I wish you just stuck at 100. I wish you just stuck at 100. Um, but now we're kind of into the last 50K. I'm actually okay. I've, I'm feeling good about it. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, but it has. It's been really challenging, a lot more challenging than I thought it was going to be. For people listening, you might have the same brain as me. Like you're thinking, right, 100K in a month. Thinking, right, 25K a week. You know, that's, you know five 5k runs or it's five 30 minute runs that's you know yeah. that's pretty doable for a lot of the fitness population if you're not part of the fitness population you could probably walk run 5k in an hour yeah, yeah. um yeah. so 100k and then you know my brain automatically thinks right so you're doing 200k that's 50 kilometers a week that's you know five 10k runs a week you know kind of on average yeah. um what way have you split it up I didn't, when I went in, it was funny actually, when I went into the first week, my friend said to me, she says, right, what's your plan? You know, what have you decided what you're going to run each week? I said, well, I actually don't have a plan, which maybe sounds a bit stupid, but because it's been, I have obviously been running, you know, during lockdown, especially because I can't go on the stepper to do cardio and stuff. I have been running anyway, but not to that have social done. media influencers everywhere dying because they can't get on that I know. fire master <laughs> I, know. I actually nearely bought one at one point in my mom and dad's garage because i can go in there <laughs> not technically in the house like i could just go around there but oh. um yeah so i had i had been running um and i'd done a couple of 10ks but i was mainly focusing on a 5k because i found it tough like because yeah. that the thing i wanted to make a point of saying to people when I started the run was, you know, this isn't going to be easy for me. Mm. I am a fitness instructor, but running is completely different to everything else I do. Yeah. Um, you know, I run in hockey, but it's, you know, you'll sprint and then you'll walk and then you'll you'll jog. It's it's not constant running. So anyway, I thought I don't really have a plan. Um 
I thought I'll just go out and if I can run 10k one day I'll do 10k if I only feel like running 5k or 3k I'll just do that so the first kind of week um I just did that and then the second week I kind of split it up um I think I did oh god I can't remember I need to check my Strava actually <laughs> I think the, the second week was when I started getting into the 10ks because at that point I started thinking I could really do this and then get to 200 so I started lengthening my rounds um when I got to week three um that was when it started getting tough and my legs were struggling my, and I'm quite heavy footed so my knees were were sore my hips were sore um and I started struggling so the days where I, ha- I had to actually plan I wanted to finish I want to finish this Sunday so 28th of March I had to start planning right if I want to finish on the 28th of March I need to um have 100k done by the second week and start the 200 on the, the last two weeks so some of the days that in week three I had to split because my legs were just mm. absolutely smashed. Um, so I would maybe do, you know, 6K in the morning and then do another four at night. Yeah. Um, I remember the end of week two because I was so determined to get to 100K by the end of that week. On the Saturday, I ended up running 15K. On the Sunday, I ran 10K in the morning and then I had I was at 95 and I was like, I can't go to bed at 95K. <laughs> I'm like so OCD like that as well. So you know what? I, I remember you posted it on your Instagram story when you went running at like half 10 at night or something. Yeah, yeah. And my husband had said to me, he was like, will you, like, because I take my phone with me and he said, I don't normally run with my phone. I've only been taking it so I can do Instagram live straight after. And he said to me, he said, will you put your WhatsApp location on so I can like make sure you're all right (laughs) and he started I got to like I always kind of make sure I finish so I've got a little bit like about a k to walk home so that I can kind of just cool down and uh, he didn't realize that I did that so it stopped so he was like out looking at the window like making sure that I was okay because obviously he was like (laughs) then all of a sudden I just stopped like the top of the road um because I was obviously walking back so I was a lot slower but um so that week that the end of week two I did like I think it was something like 40k in three days or something like mm, that yeah, um but this week um I've got 50k to do so I was planning on having a rest day yesterday and then 10k today rest day tomorrow and then 10k Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday What's the biggest distance you've done in a one? Fifteen. Fifteen, yeah. And this, and this, yeah, fifteen. Um, How'd you find that? Do you know what? It was actually okay. Um, it was funny. It was a it was a Saturday, and when I ran, I literally just ran to seven and a half k, and then ran back the same route. Yeah. Um, and it was like so sunny when I left, and it was roasting. Uh-huh. By the time I'd got to about 5k, in fact, maybe it wasn't even, it was about four, I had to take my jacket off and I left it on a post. <laughs> I thought, I'll get it on the way back and if someone steals that, I'll be raging. Um, lovely, on the way like on the way out, coming back, started getting really grey, started getting windy. I was like, where's my jacket? Because <laughs> I thought it was going to pour and I swear I had just got back. I must have been back 10 minutes and it started raining. Um, I was lucky, but 
going out, I was faster going out than I was coming back because I was running into the wind pretty much the whole way back. Mm. Um, but it was okay. It was. Well, I'll ask you. I'll ask you some running hacks uh, later on. Um, and maybe share some ideas. Yeah. Uh, how much money have you raised so far? Do you know the exact figure? Yeah, two thousand one hundred and ninety-eight pounds. And that is for breast cancer now. Breast cancer now, yeah. Yeah, I'll put the links for all of that in the show notes and on um on the video when I put it on. Uh, yeah, if anyone wants to donate, you've got until the end of April to donate. And that's when the the fundraising. Two, two grand for, like just, when I say just for doing an event just online like just on your instagram story and just using strava because if you know most people associate like fundraisers right we'll do something in a gym we'll get 30 or 40 people coming doing a combat-a-thon you know like 17 combat classes back to back all your favorite tracks we'll do well, you know we'll do 19 muay thai tracks in a row something like that <laughs> yeah. um and, you know have buckets at the door etc etc but like two grand for you know just you on your own shouting about it on your social media i mean that, that that's good going um yeah, I'm, just, I'm just gonna ask you yeah, I'll, I'll bet some people have donated that have like really surprised you or like you means a lot to you yeah there's so honestly there's been people that have donated like 100 pounds there's people mm. that have donated 50 pounds um and even but even the people that have donated a, a fiver like they're people that only know me through social media They've never met me in person. So for them to take time out their day to actually say she's doing this and then donate a fiver, you know, it's it's so so nice and so generous because there's a lot of people that know me that haven't, mm-hmm. you know, and they yeah. and they know that I'm doing it, but that's up to them. But I think what I've what what I've raised and 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 the awareness, it's more it's more about the awareness, I think, than anything. Um that is the important yeah but I, th- I think right now as you said at the start um charities are struggling right now yeah to, to raise money so you know whether it's two or three pound or Absolutely. it's two or three hundred pound that's being donated it's it's all worthwhile and at the same token people are struggling right now with income so they might not have the ready-made money and if and if people are listening to this under anything like me and have a lot of people on their social media doing a lot of fundraising events mm-hmm. yeah it's, kind of, it's you know it's not that you're picking your favorite friends it's like you're picking your favorite charities and if yeah. you know if you catch me in the middle of the month there's no chance <laughs> it's hard though because there are, you're right there is so many people doing charity uh, stuff and you can't like you can't donate to everything mm. like you can't you physically can't unless you're not like you're kim kardashian or something but you know you can't physically donate to every single charity um as much as you would like to. Oh, totally. Um, I wanted to give you just a little bit of space here to chat about breast cancer now. You know where what they do and where the money goes. Um, because you know most people don't know where money goes once it comes to charities. Yeah. I so don't. Yeah. <laughs> I said I don't know where money goes once it goes to charity. I'm just I I just trust one hundred percent that yeah. my money is going to good things. So Breast Cancer Now is a charity. It's it's in England, Wales, and and Scotland, um, and they they use money to research um cancer, breast breast cancer primarily, but they have four areas of research. So they research risk and prevention, early detection and diagnosis, treatment, 
and secondary breast cancer as well um, because there is different types of breast cancer that you can get um, so that is mainly where the money goes it goes to research um, so that they can obviously provide patients with the best care that they can get and the the, the best um, treatment that they can get um, they've now got they never used to have, but they've now got offices in Glasgow. So there is research that is done in Scotland, um, in Dundee, Edinburgh, and Glasgow. So they've got scientists working on on the research. Um, it's you know they're they're always looking to try and put research into the screening so for women over 50 that get invited to their mammograms um making sure that they can they, they go to their mammograms basically because that is that is so important that's one of the things that my mum had said please please make sure that you say that to Ricky because that's how hers got detected was through a mammogram All right. um they spend a lot of money on research on understanding how breast cancer actually develops so you know what cells cause it to actually occur within the breast um and they also spend a lot of money on developing targeted treatments for secondary breast cancer um i mean there's loads of like big words that i can't pronounce <laughs> or understand but you know scientists would um they look into identifying weakness in breast tumors um developing um new ways to predict if hormone treatment is working so that's one of the things that my mum um is getting a hormone treatment um there is loads and loads of research product uh, projects if you go onto the actual breast cancer now website and go to research it tells you all the different types of projects that they are using the money for um and why it isn't so important that they, they do keep getting donations. Um, I'm not going to list them all because there's literally pages and pages of, of um, projects that they are currently doing. Um, Tranda, you, you don't know this, but I've gone live on Instagram here at the same time. Um, and I've got my screen now split. So I'm trying to get the breast cancer oh, website yeah. up. Yeah, did you get the notification? Got the yeah. notification, yeah. <laughs> um, so breast cancer, no. I'm looking for research, you said. Yeah, so if you go up to research. Right website, breastcancernow.org. Yeah. Yeah, there it is now. Bigger window. Um, and if you go, you can go into research product, uh, project, sorry. Uh, 243 million in the breast cancer research. Uh, research in the breast cancer. This will be fantastic for the podcast listeners, for those not watching the video. I think as well that, a lot what a lot of people don't realize is that women you know i know at the moment i know one two three four women going through breast cancer treatment at the moment and each one of them is completely different so the the, the diagnosis um for two of them is similar in fact two and two is similar um two of them are younger women and two are older one of which being my mum um that was detected at mammogram but 
their their treatment is completely different for for all four of those women and that's one of the things that I think a lot of people don't realize is that breast cancer can be so different for so many different women yeah that, that's kind of surprised me as well because it's it's just that little level of you know ignorance that hasn't affected me it hasn't affected people that I'm you know close to it's just like you know to me breast cancer is breast cancer it's, it's black or it's white but you're saying it's it's different and um it's all that can be detected early at the mammogram stage you were saying yeah so in hindsight for my mom um lockdown sort of was a, a good thing because she was actually during mammogram in july mm-hmm. and because of lockdown obviously all the routine sort of appointments for those kind of things were put on the back burner because obviously the nhs was so overwhelmed with with dealing with covid um, so her mammogram was actually put back and she had it done at the end of November okay. and her lump that they found you couldn't feel it the doctors couldn't even feel it um, it was so small but if she hadn't had that mammogram done she would never have known that that was there and I think that if she had had that mammogram when she was meant to in July I'm not sure that it would have shown up at that point um, so in hindsight, that sort of made, sort of brought the breast cancer to light and the early detection of that has, you know, she's been able to actually have treatment, um, have it diagnosed, have treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's had surgery. She's now starting, she's actually going up to the hospital today for her first appointment at the Beatson. Um, and she's starting hormone blockers which I kind of spoke about um previously um but yeah it's a uh, it's it's yeah it's it's hard I find it quite hard to talk about I think my mum's coped with that a lot easier than I have that's always a way but and that that's that's mums for you they are they're superhuman with that sort of thing so tell us about your mum how's she doing now yeah she's doing really well so she's she's had her surgery um and we had quite a long wait to find out whether she was going to need chemo or not. Um, her tumour actually got sent to America um, for testing. And I think... That's that's weirdly wonderful. Isn't it? It's, it's um, such a bizarre sentence that us and our non-medical world I know. find hard to come to. Your, your tumour was sent to another continent. Yeah. <laughs> It was um it's a new it's actually a new test that they're doing through the NHS. It costs about three thousand pounds to do. Um and it determines whether a patient definitely needs chemo or not. So without that, she would have had chemo. They would have given her right. it. Okay. Um it took about ten days for the results to come back. And it turns out she was in the lowest bracket uh-huh. of needing chemo. So she doesn't need chemo. Um she's to get 10 sessions of radiotherapy over two weeks so it'll be monday to friday um and the appointments take about 20 minutes so you're literally in and out um in 20 minutes i think the the actual treatment itself is minutes like three minutes it doesn't take long at all and then she's starting hormone blockers so she's take them for 10 years so she takes one type for five years and then another and this is basically a preventative. So she's now been told that she is completely cancer-free, which is unbelievable yeah, and amazing, and it's not spread. Um, 
and yeah, she's she's just to get this as a preventative. So she starts. She's going up to the hospital today, which is Tuesday, um, for a CT scan, and I think they're just going to walk her through what to kind of expect when she goes in for the, the actual mm-hmm. uh, treatment, which starts. I think it's the second week in April. So yeah, so by the end of April, she'll be she'll be hopefully discharged and lockdown yeah. will be over and you'll be able to go out yeah gallivanting around train be amazing so yeah it's it's been it, it's weird because it feels like it's gone on for quite a long time but yeah it's only been the space of three months that right. he's had all this happen yeah. so yeah we're just glad that there is light at the end of the tunnel and she's one of the lucky people that it's been caught really early and she's been able to get treatment and yeah, is now cancer free again. Um, I've got up on the, on the window, I'm sharing the screen with you because uh, the, the ones who watch the video with the podcast will be able to see this. Um, and it's information and support on, you know, have I got breast cancer symptoms, what they expect at appointments, um, which will include mammogram appointments, yep. um, breast conditions, that sort of thing. Um, you you said I think you said on your social media, Lisa, about check yourself. You know, once once a week was it? Once a month? Once um, a month. Once a month. Um, and you know, this goes for men as well. Whether it's mm-hmm. you know, men men can get breast cancer. You know, a lot of people think that men can't get breast cancer, and they can. Um, yeah, it, you know, it's not as common um as as in women. Um, but you know. 55,000 women get diagnosed with breast cancer every year in the UK. Um, 370 men get diagnosed with breast cancer every year. Um, so yeah, it's really important to check yourself. And what I would say is for women especially, when you are checking yourself, do it the same day every month because obviously as a female, you're going through your monthly cycle and your boobs do change throughout the month. Um, they do get sore and it's really important for you to feel feel your breasts like get to know them know where there's lumps know where there's you know because women especially if you you've had kids you've breastfed you can have like lumps um and it's you need to get to know your own breasts so there is a website that you can sign up to um called copperfeel.org uh, i think it is yeah, copperfeel.org. And what you can do is you can sign up um, to their monthly text and they will text you the same day every month to remind you to take, to check yourself. Okay. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's, you know, that's how you can um, get early detection. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're under 50, because obviously you only get a mammogram if you're over 50 years old. Um, oh, right. I didn't know that. So it's over 50s get get mammograms. So that's why it's really important because young women do get breast cancer. There's a girl who lives um, in the next town who is going through breast cancer at the minute. She's 32. She's got two young kids and she's going through chemo at the minute. She's had, she had a mastectomy Mm -hmm. and uh, she's going through her chemo just now. Mm -hmm. Um, And hers was a lump that she found, um, that she, I think, initially ignored. Um, so yeah, I think as well, I don't know if, if you've heard about Sarah Harding from Girls Aloud, she's brought out a book. So she was yeah. diagnosed with breast cancer um, last year. And unfortunately for her, 
she has been diagnosed as terminal breast cancer and I've not read the book yet because I feel for me just now it's just a little bit too close to home and I think I will read it eventually um because I was like a massive fan of Girls Aloud as well um but I will read it eventually and um she found a lump and during the lockdown and didn't go and get it checked because she felt you know that the NH didn't want to bother the doctors because of uh, the mm. NH were so busy with lockdown but I can't stress enough if you find a lump go and get it checked um because you just never know I found a lump years ago on my right breast at the top and I went to get that checked and it was actually the guy said when I went to the hospital had the ultrasound and the the doctor said to me he says do you work out and I said yes I do <laughs> and he said yeah that's actually just a massive muscle <laughs> and I was like oh man I'm so embarrassed I was like, I'm so sorry and he was like no 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 do not apologize he said you didn't feel that that was normal and it's more you know it's so important that you get it checked and that's exactly what you've done you've not wasted our time that's what we're here for so if you do find a lump and if it does turn out to be something like that it puts your mind at rest straight away and you might feel a bit silly but you know we're lucky enough to have the nhs that's what they're there for you you know use them um i can't i can't stress enough how amazing the nhs have been with my mum like from from her being diagnosed to going in for surgery you know she had surgery in the middle of the second wave in january and at one point it looked like she wasn't going to get her surgery because um the hospital was so overrun with covid um she ended up getting it done in glasgow instead mm-hmm. the golden jubilee which aren't treating covid so that was sort of one less thing to worry about with her going in to get that done but it was it was really scary for her because my dad couldn't go in you know, he literally had to drop her at the door, walked it to reception, and then someone just took her up. Um, so yeah, from the NHS have been amazing, and she's got her own cancer nurse. So you know, anytime she's got a question about her treatment or anything like that, she can phone them up, and they're there, and they've been absolutely amazing. So big shout out to all the the staff at the Golden Jubilee and the Beatson and Crosshouse Hospital. Better all listen. And Air Hospital. <laughs> um, I think that that was a really good section. I've just come off live on Instagram. I have saved that, and then I'll post it up later. Um, but I'm also going to. I'm just going to go live on Facebook now. And would you be able to talk us through just so as people know what it's like? So you you went to the doctors to get checked, albeit yeah. you know a while ago, and albeit it, it was a massive loss. How did that? Like, how did that actual appointment go? Because that is what a lot of people will be afraid of. They're, they're more afraid of the appointment than Absolutely. the worst case scenario, which is cancer, which is breast cancer. They're more afraid of the appointment, you know, almost the embarrassment of it, of, of getting, you know, getting her skin out, getting her boobs out. You know, for men, it might be testicular. Um, so, yeah, how did that initial appointment go? And when, when was it, if I can ask? It was, honestly, it must have been about a good eight years ago um so i would have what been uh no it must have been no it must have been longer than that it was probably maybe about 10 years ago so i would have been about 26 27 um and i found this lump 
and I didn't actually tell anyone. I didn't. I didn't tell my mum because I knew she would just worry. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only person I told was my best friend, Laurie. And I said, "I found a slump. I'm going to go to the doctors. I'm going to get it checked." And I kind of put it off for a wee while. And I thought, "No, I need. I need to go." So I went to the doctor, and yeah, I had to get my boob out. And my doctor was male that I saw at that time, because um, he was the only doctor there. That could that could see me um and he said right take your top off take your brow off and you're sitting there in the doctor's surgery in the room just sitting there with your boobs out and um and he's having a good feel and you're just like oh god you just want the ground to swallow you up and he said he had a good feel and he felt mother breast as well obviously so that he could compare and he said yeah he says there is something there he says but i'm not too concerned about it and I don't want you to worry um but what I will do is I'll send you up to the hospital for an ultrasound okay so um of course my friend was like you know don't worry if they were if they were that worried about you they would have sent you straight up it's good that they're going to get it checked so within a couple of weeks the, the appointment came through for the ultrasound and Laurie actually came with me to the hospital now this is just this is this is token me Right. This this is the, always the kind of thing that happens to me. I go up to the hospital. They took me through to a little cubicle. Had to put a gunny on. So you know the ones that tie the back and you've got like your bum showing? Yeah, one of them. And I mean, I don't know why they didn't let me do it at the front because I was having to get my boob out anyway. But anyway, um, they shouted my name through and this, this older guy came through and I thought, oh, not another man. And he came through and he said, um, we've actually got some students in um, training. Would you mind if they came in to watch? And I was like, sure, why not? So I'm lying there on this bed, still crapping myself because I'm thinking, oh my God, what like what if this is really bad? And then I've got, there was like five of them in the room, all students watching. And he's obviously going, doing the ultrasound over my breast and, I'm lying there thinking, oh, only me, only me. Um, and of course, the guy says to me, he says, do you work out? And I said, yes, I do. And he says, it's actually just a massive muscle. Um, that's just, you know, I don't know how that happens, but yeah. And I've still got it to this day, it's right there. But um, yeah, and it was nothing to worry about. But um, if you are worried about a lump anywhere, not just your breast, anywhere on your body, Go and get it checked, please. I can't. I can't stress it enough because as even if it comes back like that and it, it is nothing, then that's that's good. But um, yeah, get it checked. Absolutely. Um, you know the the point of all all that, and you kind of said you kind of indirectly said it. It's very for the doctors and the nurses dealing with you in there. It's it's almost right. It's professional but it's almost so run-of-the-mill, it's boring to them. Like, it's so matter-of-fact. It's, you know, it's like, there's no shy embark. Like, you know, if <laughs> if you ask me, Ricky, Ricky, I've got, I think I've got a lump in my, in my boob. Can you check it for me? I'd be like, uh, uh, uh. but yeah. the doctor, it's it's as regular as going into Sainsbury's and buying a bottle of milk. Exactly. And it's the same yeah. with smears, you know, go go and get your smears like ladies get your smears because people i remember i put mine off the first one i got done i put it off because i was like i can't go in there i'm not going into the the nurse and spread my legs like absolutely no way and 
eventually plucked up the courage to get it done. And I told the I told the nurse, I said, Oh, I've never had one. Like I'm so worried. And now she sees that every day. She's doing that every day, as you say. It's as common to her as going to Sainsbury's and buying a pint of milk. And she did it and I was like, and she says, Right, that's you. And I was like, That's it. She was like, Yeah, that's it. And it's so and it's over so quickly. So that's another thing. If you've not been for a smear, it's it honestly is nothing. Just go and get it done. Just I know so many new words and terminologies are being introduced to this podcast for the very first time. <laughs> You're welcome. What what I wanted to say there is like I've been to the doctor three times in my adult life um, and had my testicles checked for different things. It was one time I actually had a twist. Wow. Yeah, that that was pretty sore. And that was that was caused. It happened, you know, playing football, you know, just from a tackle. Yeah. Uh, you know, just banging into someone um and there were, he was just so matter of fact about it like there was no there's no warm-up to it there was no small talk <laughs> yeah that, that was it so um and yeah and then don't, again don't mind saying this i want it was definitely before covid but it was recently it was like since i was living here and i had to register with the doctor here because mm-hmm. i was all still registered with the doctor in belfast um and i had to register with the, the doctor here and for the specific reason, I, I needed my testicles checked for something. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's the, the, the point I'm trying to make here, it is so boring and matter of fact that these these professionals, these these people, these doctors and nurses, these these people, um, like there is no embarrassment factor about it whatsoever. Like I keep saying, it is boring. It is so underwhelming. And, it, you know, as you said, it's kind of like, is that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. and they make you feel so comfortable about it as well so you know they're not going to be like oh you need to get your boobs out yeah <laughs> just, just get them out pops off time pops off <laughs> oh right so uh what have been we're still live on facebook by the way they've, they've caught all um so i've got the website up here it's breast cancer now and just to remind facebook what lisa is doing lisa is running 200 kilometers in the month of march to raise money for breast cancer now and so far you have raised will you tell them how much have you raised so far i have raised 2189 pounds awesome and how far have you ran 150k excellent and you're going to to do the last 50 between by the 28th and given the time of recording is tuesday the 23rd i mean you you have five days in a row how are you going to split that up i'm going to i'm I'm hoping i'm going to do 10k today so this afternoon Mm -hmm. um and then i'll have so i had monday off i'm going to run today i'm going to have wednesday off and then i'm going to do four 10ks i might i'll see how my legs are but i'll I'll maybe split them and do, you know, six and four one day or five and five, seven and three. It just depends. Also depends on the weather. Because <laughs> I ain't going out in the wind and rain and run 10K uh, because it's brutal. You know what? My favourite conditions to run in is rain and wet gale force winds. I absolutely love it. No. I, do you know what I hate? I hate having wet feet. I hate it. I absolutely. You play hockey. You like surely you're used to that. Surely you're used to that. I, do you know there's nothing more? I remember I had an old pair of um, master surf boots and they had a hole in the bottom, but they were on a <laughs> and we were playing on a water-based pitch. 
feet, I mean, I ran around the pitch to warm up, that was it, my feet were soaked, I was just like, oh, it's the squelch, oh, I hate it. Shall we set up another GoFundMe page to buy you a new pair of AstroTurf trainers for hockey? <laughs> yeah, <I've laughs> um, so yeah, with running, let's just share some some running stories kind of either way what have been your like not not so much your biggest challenges but any like running hacks that you've got um so you did this one is so underrated and you've already touched on it just run away from your house for seven and a half k yeah guarantees you have to run the same distance back so if you want to run 5k 5k sounds very very far and it's everyone's golden distance let's start with 5k brilliant but 5ks are really really far but think about it just run two and a half k away from your house because by definition you have to get home and that last kilometer especially when you can see your house or see your street you you will jog even if you're tired because you'll see people and you'll be full of energy and full of you know full of magic um so yeah any any little running tactics that you might have emma's watching paulina's watching Um, others are watching as well yeah Um, one of the biggest things that i've learned is that if I run without knowing where I'm going to run, I struggle more. Okay. Whereas if I have a route that I follow, then I know that when I get to that point, I don't need to look at my watch to know how many K I've ran because I'll know. Yeah. Um, so I've been running the actual Trin 10K route because we've oh, yeah. the, they do a Trin 10K. Um, so I've been running that route. So I know exactly at certain points, I know, right, I've got, I know how far I've got to go or... I know there's a toilet up here, which has been stopped at quite a few times um, <laughs> at the woods. It is an actual toilet. It's not just like... No, it's not just the woods. <laughs> <laughs> it's an actual public toilet. Um, but yeah, I think that's one of the, the biggest things because if you don't know a route to run, like plan your route, basically, before you run. Would you run the same route all yeah. the time? Um, I don't... I'll, I'll get, I've got two 5K routes that I do. Um, sometimes I switch it up and run it backwards. Oh, backwards. I know. I know. Um, run backwards? Run it backwards, yeah. Well, not actual physically. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Um, but, yeah, sometimes I'll run it back to front. Um, 10K, generally, I will do that same route because I know it and I don't need to worry about it. I can just put my music on or a podcast on and then... Lindsay runs the same when I say the same route she'll run the same direction um sometimes she'll run further is what I'm trying to say but it's always the same whereas I I mix it up I have my Tuesday run I have my this is before calf injury um I have my Tuesday run the Friday run and my Sunday run and they're all different right okay I, I do I do appreciate it might be slightly different for for women and the safety, especially with what's been in the news at the last wee while, especially if you're running in the in the dark and all that. But I, I like the variety. I yeah. really like the variety. Um, when I did the 15K, which was the furthest I've ran, um, I went a completely different direction to which I would normally do because I didn't want, if it was hard, I didn't want to then associate that route with it being hard. So I went and ran a completely different way. Um, and literally just ran seven and a half k and ran back. So I ran towards Irvine and then ran back. Um, but that was quite good because it, it was a path and it was along the beach and along a road. You listen to when you're running? I listen to it. just depends what mood I'm in. Um, I listen to what I've started doing is listening to GBX. 
from Clyde One. So George okay. Bowie. Lindsay will know who G, what GBX is. Right, Ricky, download the Clyde One app and you can just search for GBX experience. That gets you running. Um, it's not going to happen. It's all like happy hardcore tunes. Definitely so. not going to happen. <laughs> when, um, I, when I run, I um, I like to listen to conversation. So it's normally podcasts, interview-based podcasts, yeah. um, preferably with three people if we can get those ones. So... Uh, Joe Rogan's are really good for that. Um, or Peter Crouch podcast is very, very good. Highly recommended. Um, I'm actually going through, um, and this came recommended, I can't remember by who. Um, I'm trying to listen to a lot of autobiographies or similar. Um, so I'm listening to an Alex Ferguson one right oh. now. But it's it's not his autobiography. It's specifically about leading, which is very, very good. And it's weird because they've got this young Scottish fella narrating it. So it's not actually Alex Ferguson. But I forget oh. after a while, I'm thinking, this must be like when Sir Alex Ferguson was about 30. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been listening to, um, you'll laugh, Mr. and Mrs. Hinch. You know Mrs. Hinch, the cleaning yes. lady? Yeah. They brought out a podcast. Uh-huh. And I'll, it's the, only, the second one came out today, actually. Um, so I might listen to that when I'm running. Um, it's in my Spotify recommended list. And I'm like, is it? Okay. <laughs> you know what? But it's it's... It's hilarious. I was, I, I, it was 47 minutes long, the first one. Mm-hmm. So I thought that's perfect. I'll do 10K because I've been doing 10K in about 50 minutes. So I was like, perfect. Um, it's so funny. I was getting looks because I was actually laughing as I was running. It, honestly, it was brilliant. Really, really funny. Um, so I'm going to listen to that. You know, another hack, would you say you do, which you might not even realize is a hack, is you deliberately finish like a kilometer before the house. So as you yeah. can walk home, which, yeah. uh, wh- why do you do that? I just feel like if I, it gives me time to kind of get my breath back and just sort of cool down, not not instantly, like just stop running and then go to the house and sit down. I feel like it always helps my recovery if I walk for about a kilometre after uh, I finish run, especially if I've done a big run. Um, and yeah, it just gives me time to just get my breath back and just... Yeah. it's nice i find that strategy is nice as well because when you finish when you finish a run people may not know this when you finish a run you're actually that's when your blood pressure goes to the highest and that's when you feel the hottest because your body actually because you're not running anymore your body is actually able to cool yourself down yes because i don't really sweat much when i run yeah i do obviously but not when you stop when i stop i'm like yeah. Oh gosh. Uh-huh. <laughs> in order for your body to cool yourself down, it actually has to heat itself up. And normally what people do is they go for a run, they stop running four steps from the door, walk into the house, get into the house, and you and the house is warm anyway. Certainly yeah. warmer than outside, uh, especially in the winter. And you will just piss with yeah. sweat. You will touch the, you know, the kitchen counter as you're trying to get your trainers <laughs> off and you'll just slide. So that hack, walk, you know, we've said a kilometer, walk about 10 minutes. Yeah, um, and when you get outside your front door, you know, get get a little stretch on. You'll do a token gesture. Also, makes you look like you're really fit to your neighbours when you get back. So you're just like, yeah, <laughs> in a ten k run. I wonder what my neighbours think when they see me walking down the street in my wetsuit. Oh goodness knows. <laughs> I'm just jumping goodness into the seat. <laughs> my my neighbours are so used to me now because it's been like a year of doing workouts at home and running and yeah. 
I've, I've got a question here as well. Um, how do you, how have you built up your physical and mental toughness through all of this? Um, one of one of the things is just thinking about my mom going through her treatment, um, and not only that, other women going through treatment because you look at people that are having. Luckily, my mom has my mom doesn't need chemo, um, which is amazing. She's getting radiotherapy next month. Um, but she doesn't need chemo. But I think one of the things that really has kept me going is thinking of those people that are having to go through that because what I'm doing is nothing compared to what they're having to deal with, losing their hair, you know, um, feeling really, really ill for months and months on end. Um, And the worry of just having this this cancer in your body. Um, But also the donations, how how generous people have been. you know, and people just, the messages, you know, you're doing amazing, like, keep going, like, we're so proud of you, and just, it's so nice as well, you know, the other day I was out running, and I'd, I'd put up on my Instagram story, um, like, oh, I'm really not feeling this today, and it was it was a really tough run that day, and I went out, and I, I just literally, I ran a K, because I, I know exactly where I was, I ran 1K, and I got a, a message on my phone, uh, on my watch, sorry, from Kirsty McConaughey, saying you can do it, and I and that's all I needed, like just that to just just knowing that somebody's like, come on, you can do it. So just those little messages just really do keep you going, yeah. and remembering why you're doing it. So why am I doing it? I'm doing it for my mum. I'm doing it for all the women and men that are going through breast cancer, and all not just the people that are going through it, but their families as well, because it's just as tough for the family seeing your loved one go through that and going through the emotions of having the diagnosis first of all because you know and it's funny my mum I went out a walk with my mum yesterday and she actually said to me she says you know people have said oh you know I know how you feel and my mum says no you don't you nothing ever will prepare you if someone says sits you down and says to you you've got cancer she says you know my mum's said a couple of times she thinks that it's only just starting to hit her now what's you know what's happened and because it was all so quick and we're so thankful that it was so quick because even during everything that's going on she's been in this lockdown that started on the 27th of um december she got diagnosed the week before christmas so in that time of lockdown she's been diagnosed she's had surgery She's had her treatment plan and she's starting her treatment. And she's like, she's just, she's just took it head on. She's not moaned once. She just got on with it. And I just couldn't be more proud of her. I think she's amazing. I'm getting I, said, I said it at the start, mums are just like superheroes in that yeah. sort of way. And uh, it, it does, blanket statement here, it's in many ways harder for the people around like the children the family than it is for the person actually going through it yeah like i'm really close to my mum like i speak to her every day and i think i've struggled with it more than yeah than she has because i've you know she's just been thinking right and she's taken each step you know she had to isolate for two weeks before she went for surgery and then she had to get um a covid test and then the next thing was she had to go and get, um, I think it was dye or something put in 
um, yeah, test, yeah. and then the next thing was the surgery, and the next thing was the results, and the next thing was this. And she's just she's constantly had something to focus on the next step. Whereas I've just been thinking of it. What if I lose my mum? Like, what if it's not good news? What if she needs to go through chemo? What if this? What if this? And my poor husband. I mean, he's the one that's seen me like just having to deal with it all and he has been unreal like <laughs> he's been amazing absolutely yeah. amazing like, the week that my mum got her surgery I just I was I was so worried about it because you you think of it it's breast cancer surgery but it's surgery as well it's like you know when surgery alone has its risks and I really struggled that week um because I've not been able to hug my mum, you know, I couldn't go in the house because she's been isolating. Um, and then obviously we're still in lockdown, so still can't go in the house. And that week I really struggled and I was just, I was a nightmare and I was just snapping at him all the time and taking it out on him. And we had a massive fight that week and he came, he stormed out of the house and uh, went a walk with his mates and came back and I was just in the kitchen, like broken. I was like, I, I, I just... It was just, I think everything, all of it, I've been trying to be strong for my mum. Being like, yeah, I, oh, it's fine, she'll be okay. Like, just the way I am. But at that point, I was just like, no, I, I can't. I had to just let it out. Um, so he's been phenomenal. And, like, you know, my best friends that have been there just, just checking in on me, you know, are you okay? Like, do you need to talk? Like, yeah. Laurie, Sarah Pfeffer, like massive shouts out to you because he's a. It's, it's networks we got to get people through it. Um, but I've loved having you on talking here so openly about it all. Um, just remind people, we've still got to do the stock questions. Um, just remind people of where they can follow you and how they can donate. Yep, so you can follow me on Instagram. So my Instagram handle is Lisa. I think it's underscore underscore McDonald. Um, I'm sure it is. Let me just check. Oh, sorry, it's Lisa underscore McDonald, and it's M A C small D underscore underscore. Um, or on Facebook, Lisa McDonald. Um, you can donate. It's via Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. you can do it through PayPal. If you don't have Facebook, a lot of people have either given me cash, transferred money. Um via bank transfer or PayPal. So if you want to do that, if you're not comfortable doing it online, then you can do that and send me it and I'll happily add it to the pot um, and the money goes straight to the charity, which is... I'll put all those links in the show notes and what I'll also do, I'll put the link for breast cancer now and I'll probably put some like stats and quotes from their website. Just yeah. directly on, uh, I've seen some here, particularly what an appointment looks like um, and what to do during COVID times. Yeah. Are probably two things they, that people they, might have They don't only over. support women that are going through breast cancer, but they also support them post-breast cancer as well because it can be quite, it might, as I say, like it's not really hit my mum till now what's going on. So yeah, yeah. same for a lot of women that have been through it and then realised, oh my goodness, I can't believe I've been through all this and it then hits them. So yeah. It's um, it's an amazing charity. We'll move on to the stock questions. Any decent listens or reads recently? You've already mentioned the the Hinge podcast. 
Hinge podcast is a must listen. It is really, <laughs> really funny. Honestly, it's so good. I'm going to you sh- you just listen to it, Ricky. 47 minutes of your time. Um, <laughs> a book that I am reading just now um, was recommended to me. Um, it's called... What's it called? Hold on, I'll tell you. It's called The Lies She Told. And it's a it's a Scottish author um called Paula Johnston. She's from Glasgow. Um I'll not spoil it, but it's like it's a very twisty nonfiction. Yeah. Oh, cool. I had to think what nonfiction was for a second. <laughs> that means not real. Yeah. 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 Fiction, yeah it's, it's, fiction is fact. Non fiction is non fact. Yeah. That's yeah. that's how I re- I remember. I don't know if we caught that. Um, yeah, so that's a it's a really good book. Um, it's one of these ones that you can't put down. So yeah. Um, any good items that you've bought recently for a hundred pounds or less? I've been thinking about this. I love this question because people stress more about this question than the book question than I anything else on the podcast. I can't even think. Um. I mean, I'll, I did, get, I'll I give you one that that was over a hundred pounds. Lindsay bought this yesterday, but I paid half of it because it was the shopping bill. She bought cookies from Aldi, which are like doing the oven cookies. They're they're a bit like like Domino's cookies. I think they're called like Carlito or something. Oh, I've seen them, but I haven't bought them. Ever. Unbelievable. I'm actually looking at my bank statement to see. What <laughs> I thought it was dangerous. <laughs> Um, don't hit share screen. I know. <laughs> um, I know what I bought yesterday. This is really sad. I bought so you know, right? I was I am a big fan of Mrs. Hinge, but I was obsessed with cleaning way before she came along. I love like cleaning gadgets and stuff like that. Um, yesterday or last night I bought and hopefully Gillis won't listen to this because he's like you don't need any more cloths like seriously but Minky the company Minky so they make cleaning products and gadgets and stuff like that they've brought a um, a pet range I'll need to send this to Lindsay and it's like cloths for cleaning your pet's bowls and all that and they've got paw prints on them so obviously you know that they're um for your for your pet so i bought them but i also bought the minkies um the mini minkies they're called um so they're normally about that size what's that that's about 12 inches yeah <laughs> i don't know no um but it's like basically a cloth and then there's mini ones of them as well you're so excited about this. I can see I really it in your am. face. Um, because they've just come back into stock. So I saw it advertised and I was like, oh! So yeah, so that's what I ordered and they were £10. But don't tell my husband. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I'll cut that out. I won't. I won't. <laughs> uh, one question which a lot of people will probably want to know is, you're doing all this running. What, like, what trainers are you running at? I am waiting. So I've got two... In fact, I've got, You've got two trainers. That's useful. I've got yeah. Two trainers. I've got two. Well, I've actually got three pairs that I wear. Um, so I wear generally I wear the Reebok Hit 
trainers um, I'll wear the black ones when it's wet or not very nice outside or has been raining um, and I've got a white pair the white and blue pair that I wear um, but I also have a pair of leather Reebok trainers that are running ones that I wear when it's raining because I don't like getting wet feet but they're weird because they're really, really light. Yeah. So they feel strange to run in because I've been running in those other ones for... That'll probably be the most asked question that people will wonder when they listen to this. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. She's doing all this running and breast cancer now. She's raised all this money. What fucking trainers is she wearing? <laughs> and we made you listen to the end of the podcast. I'm going to type like Lisa has ran 200 kilometers in the month of March. If you want to know what trainer she's wearing, please listen to the Ricky Long podcast yeah. all the way through. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, they've been great. They have been. I can't fault them. They've been great trainers. Yeah. Uh, what's next for you today? Next for me today is I have lots of orders going out um, for my little business, Easter. Not this weekend, next weekend. So, yeah, loads of Easter um, orders going out. Um, I need to go and run obviously and I have decided to decorate my bedroom so my husband's like oh not again because I like to you're de- you're actually so stereotypical lockdown life redecorating rooms you've started running you've started your own business from the house you're so I, you're so in the cleaning you're I, so stereotypical lockdown life I know I've decorated the last room's been decorated we've got the kitchen there uh, the bathrooms are just before lockdown can't count that <laughs> when we really did that event toilets. we did that event for O2 last week oh yeah and obviously so Lindsay and I were in our house and Justin was also presenting with us so yeah. he was being streamed in I did room. watch it um, and so yeah when I brought Lindsay on and I was kind of like it's okay we're, we're in a bubble we're, we're so stereotypical <laughs> lockdown yeah moved in together got engaged got a puppy <laughs> that's it you are official you've got a dog never mind the ring you put in her finger you've got a dog i know i know um yeah just so stereotypical lockdown i know i know so yeah so that's yeah that's my and i'm gonna go and eat more food that's the good thing that i've enjoyed about all this running is the amount of food that i've been able to eat um stupid question you're obviously eating more do you know how much more no uh, not tracking just I, don't, kind of. I don't track my foods really anymore unless i'm you know wanting to maybe look a specific way or lose weight for a specific reason like going on holiday or doing an event or something like that but generally i just eat when i'm hungry um loads of people ask me all the time like what's your nutrition like and i'm like i eat when i'm hungry and i pretty much eat what i want but my body shape's completely changed from running mm completely changed well i noticed that in your instagram and i wonder is it just from the running or the volume of yoga that you're doing now or I think combination it's a mix. yeah i think it's a mix of both and not being you know i've not lifted heavy weights since yeah. last year mm-hmm. um so yeah i'm looking forward to getting back to the gym next month and just seeing i'm, I'm going to i'm going to try and like folk have said oh but you can't wait till this challenge is over like you'll not run again and i'm definitely going to try and keep it up because i feel like i've got such a the other day i was out running and i was having a good run and i was thinking yeah i think i'm going to sign up for a marathon yeah but i might i've, I've never done a marathon i've only done half yeah. marathons, so so good for self-discipline um running's killing me right now because my calf keeps pulling um 
but like running is so good for for self-discipline and you don't even have you don't even have to go as far as a 10 or a 5k it's just you know you have that one day of the week that's that's your run day Um, a lot of people like to do it on a sunday for a couple of reasons gives you something to do on a sunday morning and it's generally quite quiet on a sunday morning as well yeah Um, so so good but i think you should uh you should definitely look at do if you've never done a marathon so here here's my question to you Mm -hmm. or my comment to you my statement to you it's getting to that stage of the podcast i can't put cognitive sentences together (laughs) um you will never be you have never been in as good a place in your life to do a marathon than what you are now yeah Yeah. i would agree with that yeah Yeah. so now would be the time if there was ever a time to look at it and just to put the handbrake up a little bit like you're probably at the peak of your life for doing a marathon because it's between 35 and 45 is your peak endurance years for just completing events not for actually competing didn't know that there you go that's when your body is deemed to have still enough muscular strength um testosterone doesn't waste away um and your your vo2 capacity is still at a level doesn't mean once you're 46 for anyone listening means you can't do a marathon by the way before anyone hears that so i would get one done i made the decision yesterday that it looks like the Ironman's going to be cancelled again because Ireland's going backwards with coronavirus or rates. So I'm just going to do it anyway. I'm just going to do it in the rock. Oh, good for you. Well, hopefully I'll be able to come and watch you. Yeah, well, the cycle, I worked out the cycle. It'll be Gurk, Detroit, and then to Port Glasgow, but inland. Oh my goodness. Whatever route that is. And then I have to go back to Gurk, but I'll have to go to um what do I call it Inverkip and then back to Gurk. so I worked out the cycle route that that was a difficult one because that's 115 miles you got to work out wow Jeez. do you know someone so I obviously there's a, a breast cancer now Facebook group for everyone that's doing the challenge mm. and um because we're into week three now no week four and we're getting to the end like a lot of people have um completed their their 100k and uh, there was a woman who had posted up a picture of her route on Strava but she turned it up the other way and it looked like a pair of boobs <laughs> and, I, and actually the route I'd put up a picture on my Instagram and Mike Trot actually commented saying it looked like a penis yeah so I was thinking I might start like planning my roots into shapes yeah yeah. Such a good idea. That's a, my mate Jossie did started doing that with his roots, but he was drawing um he was drawing like animals and stuff. That's amazing. Yeah, so he had loads of roads and estates beside him. So he would have spent I can just imagine because he's so he is so this guy. He would have spent ages before the run ma- mapping it out. Yeah. So it looks like the desired shape and then he'd go on it. Oh Lisa, I would love for you to do that. That'd that be fantastic. Yeah. Um I want you to draw the number 55 oh that's a that's a great idea i would love and a certain flag yeah, yeah. oh dear right lisa i've loved having you on thank you very much for coming on to the Rickon podcast oh, thank you for having me and yeah it's been uh, it's been it's been really good to chat and, and emotional but yeah thank you for having me on again
You are listening to the Ricky Long Podcast, where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes.